This podcast will self-destruct in two hours without warning. This is your final notice. Welcome to Dialect Choices Podcast number whatever one it is. Seventy-nine. It's been a while. It's so yes. many. It's been so a while many. since last time because uh, there was just always a thing. There was just always a thing. There were many things. I went to BLFC. I got sick. Before that, there was just a combination of different people not being available at different times. And sometimes you're just like, well, this one person's not here. Might as well just leave. And then, <laughs> and then you just things don't. Are, you just don't do the podcast. Things, things are exponentially harder to get collaboratively done when not everyone does the same thing for a living. Yeah. 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 Life is hard. So, life is hard. So. Also, yeah. time zones. Life is a challenge. If you if you want, I thought it was more, a vampire. No. Uh, easily accessible art. Vampires to... aren't real. Uh, that's not true. <laughs> of course they are. If they're not real, why so many movies about them? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Take that, atheists. Exactly. Checkmate, losers. That's the one. I don't know any of the memes. My god, I'm being left behind by Generation X. Wait, that's the other if one. Vampires, that mean? If vampires weren't real, no one would <laughs> talk about them. I'm going the wrong direction <laughs> with my generation. Toaster's here. We thought Hi, that we I were joking we were about podcasting, but we're actually podcasting. It wasn't a meme. No memes. It's okay. All, this is a meme-free zone. Uh, we just we you just missed like kind of a quick overview of a lot of really important media critique. Yeah. And, no, it wasn't. Oh, we were all talking about be. how the entirety of media is being transformed by Marvel movies, and we'll never recover. And all your favorite topics. Uh, no. Mm -hmm. Uh, we were mostly shouting. <laughs> I'm still currently trying to pull the lawnmower, uh, cable to start the engine and they're not there yet. We're still like trying to get the conversation to begin. We're good podcasters. Yeah. Cause we saw, we sat, we sat well, down you, and we're yeah. like, we don't know what we're going to talk about. And Keith said, Oh no, I know exactly what we're going to talk about. I and did was like, not say that. Uh, okay, I have maybe. never said that. Every <laughs> podcast, I'm like, I have no fucking clue what's going to happen. I don't know. Usually it just kind of starts and then someone says, flypaper! And then like that just causes a tangent for three hours and then, then I'm like, I guess, it, I guess it happened again. <laughs> well, how is fly, fly... I like flypaper, but what is that? It's supposed to be... A, wait, do you not know what flypaper is? It's paper that no. flies get stuck to and then you throw yeah. it in the trash. Yeah, you hang like this sticky paper that tracks oh, flies and they get stuck to it yeah. and die horribly, right. but we don't care because it flies. Is, yeah. You've, you've yeah. definitely seen it, you just don't call it. I, yeah. I have had Americans it. Americans uh, yeah, yeah. just have funny names for stuff. There's not. There's been an ongoing meme, meme that's horrible of like drawing various furry visual novel character, char characters dying on like fly or glue traps. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, probably not fly traps, glue traps. No, it's more just like, yeah. here's Chase Hunter dead on a, on a glue trap. Like, he just got stuck and just was trapped there. It's just a horrible, yeah, I think the, horrible concept. I think glue traps are for, like, uh, they're for, like, larger uh, vermin, right? Like, rats. And yeah, no, it's, like they're that. upsetting. Yeah. Don't, don't Google that. Let's images. not talk about that yeah. in this podcast. No. No. However, no, it's a good method to get rid of roaches. If you have roaches, do that to them. They deserve it, and honestly, they'll come back from it anyways because they don't die. They're literally immortal creatures sent from hell. I'm so gonna just give, put them in traps like that, and then throw I'm gonna them give away. Toaster a superpower yeah. to ruin this <sighs> podcast. All right, I'm looking at uh, nine what? emails for podcast questions. Give me a number. <gasps> okay. Um. Okay, that's better than the topic I was going to suggest. Uh, I don't know. 
I was I was gonna be like, I've been on hiatus from streaming for a week, so I've been watching anime, a thing oh. I don't normally do. God, uh, no. But, Sorry. Did, like, I saw did, you uh, stream yesterday. Yesterday, I just ended my hiatus. <laughs> but anyway, oh, uh, right, right, it's right, fine. Right. Well, we can get that later. Six. Do number I, six. I just stared at this Discord like a deer in the headlights, thinking that uh, the, the prompt to say one th to say a number one through nine was going to cause a twenty minute tangent. I was like, "Here it no. comes! <laughs> it's happening!" Three, four. Oh, I, oh, I miscounted. There's only eight. Anyway, that's still enough for six. Uh, <laughs> yep. Oh, this is a long one. Okay, settle in, everybody. Oh, Player choice and the ethics and and game writing. No, not that ethics and game writing by Alan Bettendorf. Hello, Keith and Co. I hoped I have an interesting question for you. It's something I've been thinking about for a while now, and I hope I can finally put it to words. But it basically goes like this: At what point does providing player choice confer um, support for extreme ideologies or harmful actions? For example, Fallout Three lets you capture people and sell them into slavery. Fallout, Far Cry Three lets you kill your friends in order to become the short-lived ruler of a nation. Spoilers: Tyranny lets you kill a baby baby based paradox grand strategy let sims let you implicitly and then in the case of stellaris rather explicitly commit genocide on the on the basis of religion culture language species and this this is a very long question who submitted this question i, I think this is a uh, this is a really long question us? i think i already know the rest play. of the question don't have to keep reading it <laughs> yeah the don't the spoil, answer yeah, here the answer here is boring like the thing is is that this is a really long question that has a really simple answer which is that Fiction is a place that allows us to explore and understand uh, understand complex moral actions without the harm that they may cause in the real world. Yeah. Ergo, uh, there isn't really a big deal in giving players agency to do horrible things, and in fact, we probably should let them do more horrible things so that they can understand the consequences of those actions and the uh, the empathy. They can understand through empathy with horrible actions how terrible those things are and what effects that they have. And in narrative writing, it can often be very insightful and nuanced and give people a better understanding of why these things happen in the real world uh, if they can actually see and find meaning in really terrible stuff. So it it seems like a really deep question that's like really big, and it's like, well, what, where does our, you know, our responsibility start and end with like having these actions, and what does it do? And the answer is just like, you know, doing a bad thing in a video game doesn't mean you condone it in real life, and in fact, can lead to a more interesting narrative or no. More but I don't think that's profound understanding. Though. I think I it. I mean, was, is that not? I thought the question was from the developer's perspective. Con sure. Are, are they condoning certain actions no. to us? No. At what point does providing player choice confer support for extreme ideologies or or harmful actions? Providing player choice. Yeah. 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 I don't My think, answer is it doesn't. I don't think that at any point when KOTOR is like, would you kill this old man for dark points? It's like, yeah, I'm into that. I, I think it depends I, I'm hoping on the people story. pick that one. We wrote this so yeah, that people I don't, pick that one because I, I like, want more it, old men to get killed in real life. <laughs> if it's, yeah, if, I think it's yeah, a like, semiotic thing. Like, you need to see what the rest in the context of the narrative is like actually building yeah. up and signifying. Like, you see this very often in in bad faith discourse where you'll be like well at the end of the game this person eats a baby and that's what saves the day so the developers here are saying that you should eat babies and it's like or maybe there's like more thematics going on here and it's like a narrative 
where the analysis isn't just that surface level thing and you should think about like no that's just this one extraordinary circumstance where eating this baby was valuable not just from a plot level but because it demonstrated something and like maybe this story wasn't very well written it doesn't necessarily mean that the developer is condoning this and their ability to put it in is condoning that behavior i i truly do not agree with that i think it's a very very um weak argument to say that by allowing for choice um that developers are condoning it because again uh allowing choices is how we understand them and giving space to explore those deals and uh, ideals allows us to then condemn them more strongly and more holistically because we have a better understanding of what those things are and they can be used to teach a lesson to an audience yeah. or at least a lesson uh, from yeah. the developer's perspective anyway because is, I, I, sure. I think I think you're po you're pointing out a very easy example to to point out which is the you know the sure. kill a baby or whatever uh, but if you if you think if you think of other perhaps more abstract bad things that are allowed for players to do uh, and when I say abstract I mean maybe not the actions themselves but just sort of the general dichotomy that is presented yeah. uh, for example I I you're talking about essentially I, uh, like, when the good choices in a game are reinforcing uh, unstated assumptions about moral goods like the police sure, or colonialism yeah. for example, or neoliberalism. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I was actually thinking... The kind of I don't the think that's the what badge. the writer means. I think the writer does mean like doing things that are like more universally agreed to be awful. Yeah, yeah. But I was thinking the other way around. I was thinking bad choices also themselves reinforcing a sort of skewed perspective of reality because sometimes and, the bad uh, option sure. is based <laughs> well yeah. yeah well that's always the best part when the bad option is based but <laughs> that usually yeah. that usually only happens when the the authors know what they're talking about but um yeah. i uh, let me coach this in saying that uh because you know it's it's tricky to talk about criticism uh of this sort without sounding like i'm just ragging on the authors or, or games i can enjoy games yeah. that are that uh that are silly and that are, or that are perhaps not well thought uh their stories are meaningless even i can have a lot of fun and a lot of respect for the people who make them and uh, especially if it's big teams because you know individual authors of a in a big team have less control over stuff and i always go back to uh, dragon age origins which is one of my favorite rpgs of all time it's really fun it's a really good game uh despite having really bad things about the main storyline um <laughs> Every and one Bioware of the, the main, yeah, yeah. Uh, apart from perhaps Dragon Age Two, um, perhaps, but probably not. Also, Dragon Age Two, but in particular, Dragon Age One. And <laughs> is the public that, ready just... for Dragon Age Two? Is the best Bioware game discourse? <laughs> no, it isn't. It please, isn't. I'm going to please. If we talk about that, we need please, to move on to please, from that topic. Please, my heart can't take it. <laughs> what I'm saying is, there's a place in Dragon Age Two where you find a society that ostracizes. Um, poor people, among other things, that ostracizes. I, uh, uh, I there's other there's are other specific other specifics that I'm forgetting, but it's the dwarves, and they have a caste system, and one of their castes is basically cut off from the rest of society. They're not allowed access to their normal normal services, and they're not uh, they're basically outlaws. They're outside the law. If you kill them, it doesn't matter. Um, and the choice that you have, uh, in in regards to the, that particular caste and the way you treat them, the choices are consistently about your individual attitude towards them, as if, are you going to be mean towards them, or are you going to be nice towards them? 
And that is the ultimate choice in that particular uh, area. Well, at least in the, in the area that the cast is more prominent in. Uh, later on, it, it consistently comes up throughout the main storyline of the dwarves. Uh, but generally speaking, uh, it's not even considered the, the, the situation that it, they are basically not citizens. They're not like, they're, they're basically less than everybody else. It's just, it's a sort of very, it's a caste system in, in, in the worst, in the worst form. And the game doesn't mm. give two shits about that. It doesn't talk, it doesn't think about that, which is very in, 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 in two, or sorry, very, um, in, in theme or on, on point w w with Dragon Age because the same happens with the elves uh, in, in the city. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But is that the... Uh, the only the mages the get to be oppressed in Dragon Age. I think, I think the, mages, the mages are treated a little bit more interestingly and it, there's more thought put behind it. But my point with the, with the cast system of the dwarves is that because the developers allow the player to be mean to the, the dwarves... It assumes that that is the biggest problem of a caste system, is that people are mean to other mm -hmm. people in the castes below, which is not what the biggest problem is. It's the systemic oppression that are that is put on people of the lower castes. Uh, and mm -hmm. that, that's the issue. And uh, to be fair, in, in particular, uh, in regards to the main questline of the dwarves, the, it sort of touches that a little bit, but it's, it doesn't touch it nearly enough. Because you have basically two people going up against each other, you can support neither, or you can support both, and they have, or either, either, yeah. uh, and you have a, a choice regarding that. So there's something more, but as a a, a whole, I th I have I have a more of a problem when the developers um, put me in such a, fl a flawed society and think that the worst I can do is is be mean to the people who are already oppressed, because that just shows the the. Same old, same old misunderstanding of what racism is or what oppression is, which is just a mm -hmm. as a sort of extreme version of being rude to somebody. When well, it is. I think that. you've you've actually just like identified sort of the thing here, which is that I think obviously this is a question of scope, right? I don't necessarily think if you are trying to cr like one human brain right or even scaled that up to a development team a team of 500 people working on a game like this in many ways cannot realistically simulate a full reality there is yeah. no way to narratively cover every possible like outcome every possible idea every possible systemic problem in a narrative you need to pick and choose what you're doing and that means obviously even in a perfect world there will be things that are underwritten um which is fine but you identify really clearly here that, like, the big issue isn't just an individual game or even an individual choice. It is the culmination and the the breadth of a systemic set of works that create a yeah. understanding in a populace. Right. And so I do get the point you're getting at, Colonel, which is like by portraying this, you're making it seem like like being mean is racism. But I do think it is kind of missing one sort of aspect of how people interface, especially with video games, but with media in general, which is that everything is through a layer of abstraction in that, yes, racism is not just being mean to people. It is systemic. It is complicated. It has very messy nuances. But we explain that with the shorthand of 
being mean or being prejudiced against people. And for most cases, that can be a very effective way of just demonstrating that racism is bad or caste systems are bad, which for most people and in most examples allows them to then explore the very real and empathetic and understandable issues of racism, which are more complex and more nuanced. So by framing the question the way that this this person has and and hearing your response to it, I understand the complaint of like, yeah, there is some responsibility to be like, be more in depth and educate people more. But also, I don't think a developer using a shorthand for something that is not their explicit narrative goal is necessarily them condoning or even really miseducating people on these topics. Because again, a work needs to be cohesive towards what it's trying to say very specifically, rather than just commenting on everything because you can't create a realistic, fully educational, objective reality simulation in your game that explores all ideas, right? So but you can that's kind of where, where my point can, stands, right? You can tell on, that's true, but you can tell on yourself and your perspective very easily, yes. in fact. Uh, like, For I'm, sure. I'm playing, I'm playing right now, um, very excited too as well, uh, Colony Ship, which is a sequel to the Age of da- uh, the Age of Decadence, not sequel, but it's mm-hmm. the same studio, but it's just spiritual successor and all that. Um, and uh, it's a setting where everybody <clears throat> is just uh, really influenced by Christian, uh, neo Christian. They're they're ostensibly neo Christian mm-hmm. um, cultists, uh, and so the whole society is tinged with with the religiosity yeah. and, and all that. And in many ways, it feels like a parody, uh, you know, a, a critique, as mm-hmm. it were, of, of that. And uh, it feels fresh and interesting like that. But at the same time, yeah. you can sort of feel that the writers, uh, or writer, possibly, because I think it's just Vince, mm-hmm. um, really wasn't very interested in, in, in debating the sort of, uh, the, how, how, that sort of, how the parody that the game builds applies to mm-hmm. real life. And yeah. that, so the, the, if you try to read too deep into, at least so far anyway, from what I've seen, if you try to read too mm-hmm. deep into what's going on, you're, you're going to, get cut off you're not going to see much application to real world which is something that i felt um uh that i felt uh outer worlds the outer worlds the, that one yeah uh that i felt the outer worlds is it the outer world it is it has got the, the at the beginning uh the outer worlds did really well but while also keeping itself from from trying to uh, yeah. apply the rules to real life but it did, re- did really well because I think in that particular game, if you dig a little bit, a little bit into what the motivations of the main characters are and all that, you can sort of un- understand or, or see an understanding that the writer said how that w- applies to real life as well. And uh, yeah, I, I it, it, what I'm world? trying to say is in the outer worlds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, f- I I always felt that uh, particularly I, I forget her name, but there's a there's this Nyoka I think uh, in the Parvati. And uh, Sam, those are the three major characters for me that, that they're, they're all companions. So we didn't see them, <laughs> Andrew, I'm sorry. Um, but they all have very distinct attitudes towards society. And they never break the layer of living in the world. They're in the world that they yeah. live in. They never sort of jump out of the page into, aha, look at this. This is how, why you shouldn't yeah. be racist or whatever. It, obviously, it's yeah, not, yeah. that's not the only theme. Um, but the, um, the way they're written, I think, reveals... Uh, curiosity from the writers in how those characters apply to real world and particular Parvati yeah. being the the sort of incapacity that or lack of capacity that people have uh, of um, 
criticizing the systems that they're in when they are just trying to justify the goodwill of the people yeah. that they look up to. Uh, because, you mm -hmm. know, just like you, you, you have a boss who's a very nice person and uh, they end up having to fire a bunch of people and you're incapable of uh, blaming uh, the system that the boss and you live in uh, and instead just try to look for answers and know, but the boss did their best and it's, it's just how things are. But it's not just how things are. That's just how capitalism is. Uh, mm -hmm. because, you know, that's, you fire people if you can't pay them. That's that's how capitalism, right? Uh, and Parvati is yeah. very much in the same boat, uh, whereas Sam is so, sort of uh, um, coming at it from a, the sa from a very similar perspective in terms of Parvati, but in the sense that he just sees the systems as a, a must-be existence of reality. Uh, Sam understands them, the systems a little bit better than Parvati does, but obviously he comes from them from a matter of, I'm going to use the systems to my advantage. And uh, yeah. in regards to Nyoka, she's like, I, I don't care really about this too much. Um, and I don't remember the themes. I haven't thought of Nyoka very much, but I, I, re I remember liking her character very much, uh, her questline. But my, I'm going to be my super point honest is, there. There's nothing in the Outer Worlds that stuck to me at all. I played that game. Don't remember a single <laughs> fucking thing about it. Couldn't tell you a single character's yes. name. And I played it. I played it paying attention to it. I forced myself to be oh, engaged. Yeah. Not a single aspect of that game sticks to me. I remember the sound effect the pistol that you start with makes. That's just about it. I, rem I remember <laughs> I, the first planet, and then the yeah. game just falls off a cliff immediately, and it's just so flat. It's, it's, the, it's problem, so disappointing. I, the problem I had. The problem I had with Outer Worlds is that it it is shallow in everything it does. Yes, uh, it's, it is it's, very much. Yeah, it, it, there you can clearly tell someone took the easiest route possible, and. I don't know. I like again. I come from a very unique perspective because my entire playthrough of RPGs is genocidal. So like <laughs> I, so I never come at the game with earnest, right? I come at it in in a complete sociopathic manner. And so when you play a game like like Outer Worlds and you can go through it that way and realize that like oh, I am not even the crazy person in this story. The guy who wants to wipe everyone out. And like somehow this is just a normal part of society we live with is just, yeah, every like every waking moment of our lives is a, is equivalent to hundreds and hundreds of wars to be suffered every day is like, I don't I don't know, man, this is a little <laughs> is a little extreme <laughs> and cartoonish. And I don't think I can honestly like engage with even whatever attempt of a message you're trying to parlay in this story. Like, it's just I'm such a. Yeah. It would have been easier if someone just straight up started the game saying like capitalists are bad and then just fades to yeah. gameplay. What? And then I would have been like, I oh. think <laughs> I, I think I, I, I see I see what Colonel's saying with this too though, where it's like, yeah, like because of the way that this is portrayed and because of what it's trying to ostensibly show, like it does get sort of chained to the expectation that these narratives will pay off and condone certain things. And I yeah. think I think especially with those characters and, and some of their weaknesses or, or some even their successes, the things that makes some work versus others not. I do think there is a bigger conversation to be had about the realities of game making and just like the realities of human nature. And granted, this is a narrative. It's a controlled thing. But something that I don't really often see people acknowledge is that literally sometimes things just happen that change what is in a game or just even in people's lives that people will just like do stuff that they don't agree with 
just because they do and it doesn't necessarily yeah. mean they condone or even respond like they agree with those things right and like using a good example i think of this is a game like uh like uh the outer worlds where like it had a troubled development it had a rushed release date and they crammed a bunch of stuff in and it was focus tested into oblivion and like as a person who has done tell. audience testing before <laughs> you yeah can, like man. i have yeah. done audience testing before and i have seen incredibly good films i have been there for good games with interesting narrative stakes that do exactly what we're talking about where it's like let's explore the nuance and the seriousness of like societal expectations and systems of oppression. And like, this is how this story should end. We should be able to call out the boss and like, for it, like, in, like being part of the system and, and, you know, being with the status quo. And then you put that in front of players and players are like, I don't like this. I want the big sword that lets me fight them. The boss has a funny voice actor. I'm a I'm mad that he died at the end because we called him out for being a shill. That's not how I think it should be. And then the developer is like, well, this compromises our vision and makes it seem like we're condoning like the capitalist exploitation of workers. And then they have two weeks until a deadline and have to play something because they'll all get sued into oblivion and their their studio will shut down if they don't fulfill a contractual obligation just doesn't sure. necessarily mean it's their, you know, that condone, they're condoning the ethical, the unethical exploitation of workers by having it, it to does, change their it game does like that. It does someone raise the know? issue, though, that, like, art can condone something that the, the creator yes. doesn't. Exactly, exactly. So that's what I was just about to say is, like, yes, the end result can unfortunately have contradictory semiotics or condone a thing that it seems to be building up against. That's just bad art. That's just what happens. Bad art exists. It gets yeah. made. It's very easy no, to I identify. It doesn't have to be bad art. In the oh, you know, well, like I, I, I feel I'm like if the art is art can have a bad artist, part, or you know what I mean. No, no, even if the art ends up primarily expressing an idea that no one making it meant for it to express, then it's probably bad art. It I would level. just say more along the lines probably. of like if a piece of work is contradictory without well, really yeah. not even contradictory, but just like is clearly un like unfocused and unable to say yeah, something uh, yeah, for and sure, for sure. you know to constantly do that that's just like I, when I'm, I'm not making a statement about like this is good art versus this is bad art i'm just no. saying like this is they fucked rule. up like yeah. that just it's yeah, just a yeah. bad thing that happened and like that's okay I'm, it doesn't mean yeah, they necessarily it's also like condone that you know? the, the, at the end of the day this entire topic is incapable of having a single definitive statement you cannot apply anything yeah, yeah, yeah. to anything no I'll, the, nothing could be sweeping so obviously nothing's point, universally a rule my point was really just about the you can tell on yourself as a writer or as a game yeah. developer uh, and about what you see as the problems of the world just by... Yes. I'm just saying that when I say it's bad art, I'm not saying like, this is the rule, it's on the commandments now and we can judge everything with yeah. this yeah, exact yeah, yeah. metric. I'm like, no, it's impossible. It's, also, it's super foggy talking... stuff about art made by a billion people and trying to imply what it yeah. means. And we haven't even gotten to the, the huge gap, which is that like, we're we're poking at like the idea of dialogue choices and whether or not they condone good or bad thing basically and what they mean but that's like the title drop for this yeah episode of the dialogue choices hard yeah. cuts yeah, the how podcast could you, actually how just could ended that we not focus on dialogue choices but like what we did what we what we skipped past somewhat which the question hinted at which is, is the fact that like mechanical choices and limits there are also an element of this idea and they can imply yep. a bunch of interesting stuff. I, some of my favorite types of videos about video games 
are about this exact topic. Like, uh, Aaron Signal has a video, I think, called Who Gets to Be a Civilization? Or it might be Aaron Signal or it might be Kyle Calgren. I might be forgetting. But it's like just the, just breaking down, like, over the course of the Civilization franchise, I think it's, what counts yeah. as a civilization, what became a civilization, what stopped being a civilization in each sequel. Like, how is that, what does that say about, like, the background of the games and so on? Jacob Geller has yeah. the video about what Call of Duty has to say, which is this breakdown of this interesting the situation yeah. where like they, you go into hostage situations and they let you murder the hostages and they strangely will let you keep murdering the hostages over and over again until eventually after you like fail by you like you fail if you kill the hostages, but they do let you kill the hostages and eventually they judge you by being like, really, dude, if you keep doing it. But they never let you shoot your your teammates ever. Like those kinds of choices yeah. are interesting things to break down. And then like Dan Olsen has his video about like, hey, isn't it interesting how this this series of mechanics might encourage you to do a colonialism because the most mechanically uh, consistent way to deal with these villagers is just to kidnap them. Uh, like there's a lot of things to break down in how that stuff works and like how this or that franchise will let you like sleep with hookers but then not murder children. Or specifically, sleep with sleep with hookers and then like murder them for their money, like the the age old like yep. moral crisis article that is the G the G, the GTA discussion that we yeah. all like put the bulwark up for and didn't engage with because we were defending against outsiders, but then was actually kind of worthy of some kind of internal uh, like discussion about what it says little narratively to have these kinds of things from game to game. Because uh, there are very interesting, very yeah. specific limitations and not limitations applied selectively, even down to like Mass Effect and the question of who gets to live and who gets to have a choice of who gets yeah. to live. Like my my age old gripe of like every one of these levels, you have to kill every single enemy in it, even though they all work for the guy at the end. And at the end of the at the end of the level, you choose whether the guy can be spared or not. And I'm like, I didn't get that choice until now. Except for that one, except for the one time they're all mind controlled by a, a plant. That's the only time you get to choose to try not <laughs> to kill every person on the way to the boss and then choose to whether or not to kill the boss. Up until then, oh, all these people that work at Flux, they're irredeemable. Shoot all of them. They were going to, they're bodyguards for a nightclub. Disgusting. Execute them. <laughs> and then that's just part of the canon of Shepard in every timeline. He always killed every single person that worked at Flux. Like that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like there's a. I think. The, it's very interesting that you mentioned specifically the the sort of inside conversation that needs to be had about the killing hookers in, in GTA. Because that's the same problem that um, Europa Universalis has, for example, with colonialism. Uh, I mean, if you think about it, it kind of makes sense from an artistic perspective for a game literally called Europa Universalis to condone, game, in gameplay-wise, to condone yeah. uh, colonialism and expansionism and, and genocide. Because that's what the game does, and it's yeah, it's the, the, it's the explicit exploration of this concept taken to yeah, taken to form. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. But the thing is, at least in the, in the, I I haven't played uh, the latest passages very much, but at least in the original form of Europa Universalis, uh, I don't believe the game does that condoning with any sort of self reflection whatsoever. Things sure. like, for example, yeah. the, even the areas that get to be colonized, they're set by default in on the default game. You cannot colonize oh. uh, Spain, for yeah. example. You, you can do other things to Spain because they're a different country, uh, but you can't oh. colonize Spain. And when you do colonize certain areas, the added, uh, or the, the, there's two variables in, in general. There's other variables, but the, the two major areas, uh, variables that you get for each area are the resource, the major resource, because that, that happens for everything, but it's, it's, it's a considerable 
concern for colonies. Uh, it's the resource you get and how aggressive the indigenous population is in their number as well. But yeah. just in general, how, how much trouble you're going to have, how many armies you're going to need to send to their area to basically keep them down. There, you can genocide them, you can do other things, but the, on the, on, even without getting into that aspect of killing just everybody, um, the basic understanding of the game is like, oh yeah, you go and colonize Africa, you go and colonize South America. Because obviously, it's Europa Universalis, that's in the title, and it's also yeah, a recreation yeah, of exactly. history, right? But yep. the game doesn't self-reflect about that, I feel. Yeah, that um, is interesting, because yeah, like the entire Forex genre, and to some extent, factory games are all... Yeah, yeah. To some extent, reinforcing like the, the uh, a mixture of like colonialist and imperialist ideas with like the basic setup of like what your goals are and just what the trappings are of the genre are. Resources but, are yeah, yours. Yeah. Manifest destiny. Yes, like that's like it's yeah. really rough to not interrogate what's happening in Factorio, for example. Even though it's not really yeah, necessarily the, the basic, point. Like it's yeah, so, yeah, but like, I but like I what's going on. Think about but what's it. very interesting there <laughs> is that uh, a game like Civ at least the ones that I've played are much more flat. It's like a bunch of team. It's like mm -hmm. a bunch of mascotted yep. sports teams that were the faces of historical figures and they can immediately yes. be role played like uh, a blank slate character to do anything. So it's very yeah. interesting to hear that there's also there's Forex games that lean heavier on historical context and then therefore add oh, yeah. more limitations as a result that then reinforce that certain outcomes are more correct, essentially. Because yeah, that yeah, goes yeah. way closer to actually saying something that they may not may be trying to say. I think, well, I think it's probably, interesting as a as a puzzle as, design as a, thing, you know, like as it's trying it's trying to do these things, and whether or not it it says anything with that is kind of, I think, go it's going to reflect on historical circumstances and game design goals and things like that as well, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, I yeah just have, the mere I fact have, like, that they make a game called Europa Universalis, that they want to do that, is is telling sure. of where what where, where people's yes. minds are at. Not not that it's bad to think of colonial history; it's definitely fine. But when yeah. like, what do you take away from it to the point where you like? Let's make a game about expansion. The, the basic four X setting is is so such mm -hmm. a like that. Four <laughs> X means yeah. expo exploration, expansion. What's the other one? Back me one, up here. one of them's exploitation. I know that part. Yeah, that's is the important part. There you go. Yeah, yeah, but it makes sense. It's I just, don't know. It's such a. It's so based on on. It's like explore, notions. expand, Expl exploit, is one of them. Yeah, X-rated. Uh, oh, it's uh, worse. It's worse. Explore, expand, exploit, exterminate. <laughs> exterminate. There you go. That's what the X is. Yeah, what it stands for. Interesting. I never but, played those fucking games, so I wouldn't I'm, know. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking about some, this. Sometimes it just doesn't work out. You got to start fresh, brand new. <laughs> this is how brand new Andrew plays every video game. <laughs> I'm talking I, about look, this. When, when I walk into a, a building and it's on fire, it's not my job to put it out. It's my job <laughs> to make it livable again, and that's what Listen, I'm going to do. I tried to. I tried not to do this. I tried to have a religious victory, but Andrew turned them off and didn't tell me. How religious dare victories you? don't count. They're not real. It's the only no, game. No, it's the only game I've ever. It's the only game I've ever finished of Civ, and I was preemptively blocked from the victory. I worked towards the entire session because Andrew turned it off and didn't tell me. It's, why? Why? <laughs> why would anyone take the religious route? That doesn't make literally any every sense. strategy game is about every strategy game that's done in that style, where there's different ways of winning. You want to pursue a different victory condition than your opponent, or you're just going to buck up against the other person trying that one, and then you both lose, and the person that wasn't contested wins. Yeah, but More I can't like, like suburbia. God, 
so I don't want to do Suburbia? it. Yeah, isn't it called Suburbia? Uh, I'm, uh, let me just na- uh, drop here because I've been trying to drop this for for minutes and minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm talking about this this sort of telling on yourself on the back of watching the phenomenal video by Jesse Gender on Starfield. Uh, you should go and watch her uh, video because uh, yeah, it's called the the cynic the the cyclical failures of Bethesda's terrible writing. Please go watch it; it's awesome. And and uh, Starfield, I haven't, I haven't played Starfield, but it does sound like Starfield also very much tells on itself. In regards to yeah. precisely yeah. the same problems that that the outer worlds uh, tackles, and it's just like night and day. I, and that's why when I'm, you watch I'm a video, I say about a thing that you haven't played. That's always the takeaway. <laughs> yeah, one of one of the other things. It about sure this, sounds this like this thing one. is the thing that people said it was. One of the things about this that I think is sort of interesting, though, is that I think a lot of this is fueled by by like the discourse mill, right? And like I always want to wonder, obviously. We are talking about this in the like corporate personhood sense of like Bethesda's bad writing tells on Bethesda, the institution. <laughs> the, the um, but it's mistake. <laughs> yeah, and it's like it's very interesting though because like we we often discourse these things and talk about what these games condone and then reflect them back on certain people without and this is not a like you're canceling the wrong person thing but just like without understanding the realities of like who actually wrote these things who made these decisions what do these things do and it ties back to what keith was saying about like art can say a thing that it is not intended to say or art can can say things in context separately but it's very interesting to watch how people consume art out of a context or out of an understanding of how it was made or who made it or who was even talking in it and then use that to critique other art or other things made under similar banners when oftentimes those things can be saying like very contradictory or or different things because they are technically made by massively different groups of people with different uh different goals and uh on that that note of telling on yourself and like what is an author's intent or like what is being even said i think this is also an issue of player engagement and understanding in that you could literally have like and i'm just going to make up a game here so it's going to obviously be kind of a straw man but like you could make up a game a version of universal europa universalis where it is extraordinarily heavy-handedly self-reflective and it wants to say colonialism is bad and it's very on the nose about it and it even could become a fucking terrible dumb game to play that would suck and it would be so obvious to anyone with a brain and there would still be people who are like this game isn't critical enough or this game is is saying you this is actually good there's just art is subjective this is actually condoning this so there just is no actual platonic way to like get to that ideal state of a piece of art that that objectively yeah, condones or does it. not condone a thing without you without you just taking a good faith read in something, right? Like you just have to engage with something and understand the reality. And sometimes that means acknowledging, yeah, they didn't think that hard about it and it doesn't really reflect yeah. on me morally for playing the colonialism game. Yeah, yeah it's okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, it yeah. sucks. It's a bummer. Oh, well. <laughs> like, I'm definitely there with you. I think they there are there is at least one game that I know, a 4X game that that is the game that you suggested. It's called Humanity. Yeah. And it is uh-huh. a little bit yeah, self-reflective. Yeah, yeah. 
but it is basically in terms of mechanics it's the same it, it's i mean it's but, the genre like you're you're making the yeah. game for the people who want to do the colonialism which is fun yeah, in video yeah. games yeah. but not in video in in real life don't do that it's just, it's yeah, just exactly. that it's still worth pursuing figuring out how to best communicate ideas and so on because it's just the basis of sure art yeah, essentially yeah. Like, i mean it's like shooter games yeah. in general like you, you don't want to shoot people in real life but in video games yeah. it's fun but the, it's I'm fun just, because I'm, we live in a society that glorifies like just, that sort just of... discussing like bad art there's equivalents of like ready yeah. player one a thing that weirdly ends on a strange moral about how we need to log out more and see the world more yeah. or something but the entire book is about somebody hyper fixating on 80s memorabilia and being extremely plugged yeah. in at all times and becoming a billionaire and having a great time the whole time uh, and then weirdly at the end he like knew it was time to put a moral here but didn't yeah. actually write a book about the thing the ending kind of hints yeah. at and it just is a shit I mean, show yeah that's like a good example though i think of a piece of media as well and this is why like holistic criticism is really important i think that issue of like the themes not working in that book it's a symptom of a bigger issue with that work which is just on its head it's not well written. It doesn't understand yeah. how stories work. It doesn't communicate anything. Even if Ready Player One wasn't about that, it still would not be a good novel. Even if it was trying to say, actually, we should fixate on the 80s more, it wouldn't be a good book about that because it isn't well written and doesn't know how to communicate things. <laughs> so yeah. it's just like it's one of those it's one of those issues as well. And I, and I, when I when I was talking about like this idea of like a platonic ideal of communicating things like even in a perfect world where we had a story that could perfectly beam a message into a player's head that was completely universally understood, there would still be people drumming up discourse about it on the internet and engaging with it in bad faith, which I think is also a big other side of this ethical, you know, what responsibility do players and creators and developers and designers and stuff like that, what do they have in their actions that they take in games? I think there is also a question of like how much responsibility does someone consuming art have to be to read the art in better faith or in good faith and actually engage with the media and try to figure out what it's saying. And that goes on both sides of the critical discourse debate of like trying to figure out if something is bad or trying to champion something that is good. Right. Or like figure out what something is saying that's helpful. There is a true it's it's just a very pointed question, I think, that is in a way itself also not very self-reflective of how people experience media in general. Yeah, it gets because it gets dangerously close to like the strange kind of discussions of like. Like not this isn't exactly player behavior, but it's like was it like boyfriend dungeon where it's like the, the yeah. creator was being treated like they were endorsing the bad things that were happening in the game as if the, them being bad wasn't the point of them being in the game because there's yeah there is and like we this also weird... saw that with stuff like Dream Daddy and The Last of Us and like stuff like that like it just plagues every piece there of is media. A yeah there's a strange yeah, way of discussing media where people discuss all of the bad things that happen as if those are the things being endorsed by the media as if like bad things happening in media isn't like a basis of how half, half of storytelling works like i'm, I'm yeah. reminded i'm reminded of watching disney films with my stepmom and how she would always say like why does the bad part have to happen why does it have to get sad and, yeah. and mean and like like 
like literally like questioning the Star premise of their. Star shouldn't have killed Mufasa. Like no Whoa, joke. Like what? sincerely, like she was. She was like, why? Did, she she was indirectly saying basically yeah. like, why does the conflict happen in these movies? And I'm like, uh, yeah, this the plot. That's when the story. Uh, there's nothing. There is. Did you want? Yeah. Did you want the 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 Lion King slice of life fiction? <laughs> like, did They're you just? Po- yeah. Did That's you just what Lion King be, Two is about? Just to be a hangout where nothing happens. Like, people I, are I just bad you, at that. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole basis of like the the you know four girls do nothing anime genre of uh, <laughs> four girls do. Uh, excuse you, of, like moe genre. No, that's literally. That's what. It's yeah, called. yeah. It's literally a genre. 4G, Wait, 4G, I don't know about this. You know, this started back then. I'm going to talk about this. The the cute girls doing cute things is actually oh, yeah, a yeah. change of what it was originally fucking called on image boards when K-On was coming out, which was 4GDN, Four Girls Do Nothing. <laughs> oh uh, my god. This I've is a Yeah, it's an entire it's it's yeah. a epithet for referring to the moe and waifu genre of like let's just watch peace out media and like this has um this has backgrounds in things like Aria, which is a which is a show that has in manga, blah, 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 that has like more merit to it than I am giving it credit for. Like these things, are, these shows are about things, but the thing that draws people to them is just the fact that it's like cozy, like hooker yeah. media where you're like in a comfort zone. And some people like that and it's fucked up and weird and I don't get it and it freaks me out. I don't like it at all. Damn, what the fuck? I hate it. Oh, I want. I need conflict today. in my Got stories. It. I mean, what? I like. I like some. I like some. Some plain slice of life stuff. But for example, I'll use a really good example of this. There is a really great movie that I watched recently. I say recently. It was like four years ago when it was coming out. But I watched Jim Jarmusch's uh, Patterson, which is literally a movie about Adam Driver uh, living with his wife who wants to like buy a ukulele and get into ukulele and he's a bus driver who on his lunch break write writes poems there's basically no major conflict in the story the overarching theme is just that sometimes life can be good and you just got to give yourself some space and deal with it and that movie is excellent and it has a really great theme and it's super cozy but things happen in it. Like there's like an actual point. It communicates that message through the use of minor conflicts that then have resolution that are meaningful. So long story short, though, there are people out there who just literally never want conflict to exist yeah. and will write off whole narratives because they're like, I don't I don't understand. I don't. Why did why did Elsa have to flee to the Ice Kingdom? Couldn't she just have explained what happened? And it's like, it's right. get her <laughs> out of there. Like, like okay, I guess. <laughs> like, you just don't understand that but, stories happen sometimes. Or the idea not, like, of the story being about stigma. My yeah, my thing, like, my thing is inverse. Like that would frustrate me because it's unreal. Like no one would. Yeah. No one would do that. Like a normal human reaction would be like, yeah, I'm going to kill that crazy ice lady. Like, where did she come from? Why is ice come out of her hands? Like, I I read history books. I know what the people like that were like back in the time. They would have definitely killed Elsa. No, you can't trick me. What's funny is that a a version of this happens all the time in the online sphere that is OC comics. You make your little OCs Mm. and they hang out. 
and they, they got, have to they be have, like perfectly smooth. <laughs> no, I'm saying like no, I'm saying like they have. There's a specific dichotomy you can witness between these two ideas: the mm. lack of conflict, slice of life thing, and then the idea of what a narrative actually is. And like, you can see like like for example like uh oh god, what's his name? Someone uh Duncan and Eddie, for example, like. You have these comics where somebody makes their OCs and it's the it's like <clears throat> it's about the story, way of storytelling and expanding the characters and also getting practice making comics and so on. You make a little a bunch of little four panel comics of your characters hanging out and having little little interactions and very noticeably these artists will have just completely standalone comics that aren't even worth numbering because like there's no real continuity or, or direction to most of it and they're just one off when it's all slice of life, then the moment that that some, it's time to tell a story, suddenly there's conflict and suddenly it's like a 12 page comic that happens consecutively. And they're, and it's a series specifically. And like, and then they snap right back to slice of life and it's back to just kind of chilling and not going anywhere and being, and having a cute joke or something and moving on. And that's like, that's been like, that's like just an age old element of how these have worked forever. Yeah. How did we get here from Far Cry 3? (laughs) I don't don't know. It's it's based on the choices. It's because we were talking about authors and their art and giving people choices in that art to do bad things. And does that bad? Should we not let that? But then we talked about how that could be a representation of like the writer and their intention. It's it's too complicated to have an answer because like anytime you put a choice in that well, you're not happy no. with you can always the, the specifically no. explore the it's, thing it's fine uh, to do there, that. I have an idea. There, there is no yes or no to this no i do not think there's a clear yes or no you i think you yeah, absolutely think can the put option. things in you endorse specifically sure, just yeah, see sure every just see every anything. edgy anti-sjw game made in response to any kind of like social movement and very quickly you get people doing unethical things for fully endorsed reasons in games as opposed to but that's nonsensical absurdist reasons or whatever like it's not always yeah it's not always meaningless and it's not always completely yeah. meaningful and it also can be in many like in, like in many cases the reason why these choices are put in is to specifically uh, pr- uh propose that concept and then hit yep. you with consequences for making that choice and not just in the way that like you get punished but specifically like interrogating the meaning of making that choice when it goes and that's specifically what a lot of disco elysium is really good at is having a bunch of upsetting choices and upsetting characters you can play and people you can meet that can go in wildly different directions and like like i've never gotten there specifically but i've heard that like the like the fascist like DLC. Yeah, I was just going to talk about this. It's like a very, sp- yeah. it's supposed to be like oddly like empathetic and sad and just like a very, like. It's incredibly interesting. And yeah. the trophy statistics on it say that like only 2% of people ever pick that. Like it's, it's genuinely sad because it's a very interesting playthrough that like confronts really interesting ideas. And unfortunately, the audience is just not there for it. Everyone universally just plays as a communist. Sorry, cop. That's it. That's all anyone does. <laughs> it was me. I was going to probably well, be an apocalypse uh, apocalypse cop fascist when I play my director's cut playthrough eventually. Just just yeah. wild opposite. Him will well, hate me. This is, it's going to be upsetting. This is all making me making me think of a uh, like a really specific choice uh, that I think it was given to me and I think I wouldn't pick it again 
if I could. And it was the choice to pick this question to answer. And I think we should answer question three now. <laughs> Wait, what? Why did you say the sentence he's, that you said in the sentence? The he's got superpowers. <laughs> I gave him superpowers. Now we're on question three. Ryan asks, how old three. were when you found out what you are? And when did you come out? How did it go for you? One. Found out what I was. Well, when I was born as a human being, I realized <laughs> that I was human and this would be my <laughs> eternal flesh prison. I was uh, born a poor black child. <laughs> I, it's from the jerk. <laughs> I didn't just I, lose my mind I, for a minute. <laughs> I don't know. Probably like at probably age like five, I was born school. without a face. So like as soon as I started school, I realized, <laughs> wait a second, everyone else is wrong. And then I just never recovered. And then you came out fine. as a sociopath. Yeah, and I was like, wait a second. <laughs> what are you I, coming I, out as? What, are, what is the implication yeah. here? <laughs> the implication here is I was right now that, years old I, when I yeah, learned when I was, Andrew killed JFK. Whoa. <laughs> when He's I was, coming like, out as a sociopath. When I, when I joined elementary school, I realized that I was the imposter. And then I had to <laughs> pretend. So. Jokes I on was you guys. that baby. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, yeah, obviously that's a, a a null question for me. I get I get no answer. Sorry, guys. Yeah. I've always me, had a really strong sense of. Oh, go on, Colonel. Sorry. I was I was trying to think of uh of uh the the year even. I don't remember exactly because it was sort of a progressive kind of thing. It took a little while, but I I was around twenty nine or thirty. Uh, just because it took forever for me to even get exposed to the concept of aromanticism, um, mm-hmm. I can't. I can't. Like I can't really point any anything um, to before that. As in, I realized I didn't have romantic feelings towards other people um, because that was the that was what made me so sort of internally frustrated as it were or or sort of the t- internal tension of me is just that i knew i should or i knew i perhaps should. at least you know it's the whole pressure of society of, of uh of um you know that's what people feel that's how people feel like right and uh for me to be to not experience that and to not want that create a, created a lot of strife and i just interpreted that as uh loneliness which was not it was not loneliness. It was just me. It was self-hatred, basically. Um, and then at the age of 29 or something, um, I, I started reading more. Um, and uh, I realized, wait a minute, that could be me. It took a little while. And then I was like, yeah, that is me. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it was, I'm 36 now. So it's been, it's been a while. Hmm. Um, yeah. And as for being bi, that's a slightly different thing, I think, at at the age of 13 or 14, I was already knew more or less what I was attracted to under certain circumstances, but that also played a little bit of a, a part, um, or aromanticism also played a little bit of a part for me, because if I had ever had a crush on a guy, I would have realized things a little bit faster, but I just never had a crush. My crushes are weird. I think I said it once like that in, uh, in this very podcast, um, and, uh, and they are, they are weird. In the sense of the way I feel and the yeah. Yeah. I've I've always had a really strong sense of self in the in the fact and this is gonna sound weird, but 
I just have truly never questioned myself or my own experience. <laughs> like I don't, I just, I don't lack that kind of confidence. Um, Toaster was born with a character sheet and followed it to the T. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Like uh, for me, so like there, there have always been there. There have been like experimentations or like phases I've gone through where I'm like, okay, maybe this is how I label myself, or maybe this is Mm. like what it is. But the core feelings that I have felt have never changed, and I've always understood the nuanced depiction of myself internally, right? So, like, even when I was a very young child, like, obviously I didn't know it was, like, sexual attraction, but, like, I, seeing people, like, seeing a man and a woman married or kiss in a movie, the, I remember, like, the first time I saw, like, lesbians exist in a piece of media or, like, gay people exist in a piece of media like seeing my mom like watch the l word or like you know will and grace or whatever like there was never a moment where i was like you can do that too it was just like oh yeah that exists like i i I put that together this was a thing that was on the list of possibilities given the previous evidence that i had this is normal and i understand it um and when it applied to myself Again, my perspective was never like, maybe that's me. Is that what these feelings are? It was truly just, yeah, like Link is interesting. I could see myself kissing Sheik. Why does Banjo make me feel special? Like, you know, like things like that. <laughs> like, just like the, like it was never a question of like, I'm feeling weird about Richter Belmont. Why do I feel this way? It was simply just, hmm, this makes me feel a way. And then as I grew older and got the words to to more clearly identify that, like, yeah, there was just like no doubt in my mind. Um, and so literally zero doubt. Right. But where I think I might have talked about this before as well, where my doubts have come in is just for lack of a better word, my understanding and learning what the shape of these things are right so when uh when i was in high school i think i've talked about this a few times i was pretty openly queer like it was not a hidden fact i think i came out to most of my friends as like being queer when i was like 12 or 13 i was in fifth grade i don't remember when that was um and then but that was that was more of a just like someone I, we were sitting at like lunch and someone someone posed a question in a really dumb way. You know, the way that like kids do when they're trying to do a gotcha where they were like, would you ever like if you if if your soulmate was a boy, would you marry them? And my answer was like, yes, like the question defeats the purpose that you're asking if the tautology is that they are already objectively my soulmate then yes whatever preconceived notion i have is already defeated and they were like oh, you like guys and i was like sure if i like a guy that much then yes i would like them like there's no there's no yeah. weirdness to that for me you know like that's not a strange thing and but over time uh you know i i dated girls in high school um i had one really long relationship Um, that lasted like five years into college but like over time i just was like yeah the shape of my love isn't 
going to uniformly apply to women. Like this, Damn. there are there are incompatibilities Sorry, here. There are incompatibilities here that maybe won't be present with men, regardless of my individual ability to have been in love with or been in a relationship with this person. So let's try, like, let's focus on that instead. And then that fit better, you know, and just reaffirmed everything which I already knew. And then I, I came out to my mom. My mom officially, like, I'd always, she'd always known because I was pretty openly queer, but I think it like was a non-factor to her because I had dated a girl for so long. So when I broke up with that girlfriend, I like came out to her officially. I was like, I'm, you know, I think I like guys more. Like this is just where the needle's falling. And like I thought she was gonna be really upset about it. And she just like she literally read the message, left me on read for six hours, and I was like, oh no, she's gonna like disown <laughs> me, maybe. Like my <laughs> my one moment of doubt was like, what is gonna come of this? Did I just open a can of worms? And she messaged me later and was like Sorry, phone died, couldn't find a charger. Anyway, like let me know, let me know if you need anything. And I was like, <laughs> okay, like are you fucking kidding me? And then later my dad like again found out I have a weird relationship with my dad. Not bad, just it was we just didn't really know each other very well for a very long time. Complicated, but not bad. Uh just weird life circumstances. And uh yeah, when he found out, he just didn't, he, like, doesn't care. He just does not give a fuck at all. It's, like, completely not something that he, and not even in a prejudiced way, just literally not something that he thinks about. He's just like, I don't care. He likes, he likes brewing, so it's whatever, you know? It's, like, yeah. not a problem. The, uh, it's the so platonic yeah, that's, that's, ideal future world yeah. living in it. <laughs> like, literally, literally, exactly. It's that utopian future of seven yeah. gay characters in a visual novel where no one, where the, the assumption is just whatever, you know? Uh, so, yeah, that's my my story. Just And it's the same thing with, like, gender. I can't believe you live in Bioware. Yeah, I do. I, I live in that, <laughs> that universe. I am the player character. I can, the world is my oyster. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah. The same thing goes with like my gender, like when because I had I had transgender friends growing up, like as a child in school, going through transition in the early two thousands. That's um, wild. Yeah, yeah, uh, and oh. I I remember there were multiple at my high school actually, multiple? my middle school as well. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it wasn't. Um, so when those questions of gender and gender education came up, um, for me. There was never a moment of me wondering if I was, you know, uh, male or female, guy or girl, something in between, non-binary. Like, I this this is one of those things for me as well that is like, my experience with gender probably frustrates a lot of people who struggle over it, where it's like people are like, gender is a social construct, and like, why aren't we interrogating it? And then I I'm like. I'm just a dude who likes blue jeans and Slim Jims. Like, that's just me. Sorry. It's, there's no question. I just ordered the boy toy. That was the one I liked. Like, yeah. I, I have zero need to even interrogate it. So when someone comes to me and they're like, like, don't you think it's weird that like only like guys are blue coated? There's like, oh. there's like a part of me that's like, yeah, that's a social construct. But there's also a part of me that's like, yeah, I don't really question that, and I don't really need to. 
And it why just is, is every furry a blue dog? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I mean, the like idea... Just, okay. The idea, I think the better question is, would it bother you if a guy wasn't wearing blue? It's like the more important question. Yeah. And the answer is always like, I don't care. Pink I don't care. Is a yeah, really exactly. Nice color. Like, like, I don't care. So many people yeah. look good in pink. It, it's... It, yeah. It, it's the, everyone looks good in colors. That's the whole yeah. point of them. We didn't make colors. Yeah. We I'm, I'm, I'm really mad we whenever I go to the mall. White and brown. <laughs> I get I get actually mad when I go to the mall and I'm like, what kind of fun, cool clothes can I get at the clothing store? And it's like, would you like a polo shirt, a button up, one of the four <laughs> bands that get to have band just, shirts just here for some reason? And I'm, and I'm like, what the fuck are these clothes? Why can't That's we? The best part. Why, why did we <laughs> ring fun out of the world? We didn't. We only rung fun out of the consumer world. Like it's I, just so all of my business yeah, attire it's just genuinely is like hard to find fun clothes. Yeah, th yeah, they're everywhere. You just have to stop looking in the places where everyone goes because everyone else has given up. Like you just have to go find those. Sure, but I live nowhere, so it's genuinely yeah, hard. Like I said, the internet. Don't <laughs> the internet sucks because you can't. It's so it's such a pain in the ass to tell. It's, if something is yeah. like actually real clothes or weird like like sewn mm -hmm. together facsimiles that that are shipped from China and are weirdly discounted and like you like sure you like open it up and the inside is just like the reverse of the outside like it's just like all the patches and pieces just sticking inward because it's just like a it's just like a fucking store like it's a what do you call it it's like a a facade for a store like it's just the outside is supposed to look like that that's the whole goal the inside looks like scaffolding but on clothes and it disintegrates yeah. in five seconds i'm like why did i do this and also the sizes are a nightmare you can sit there and measure tape yourself and then wrong none of it fits fuck you <laughs> I, I i hate i hate ordering stuff yeah, online but I you should, you I should be you should be able to go to a fun store, store. You, should, you can go to a fun store and try things on well, sure, you can and, try things on, but but that's all the, like the all only... the places that we can try stuff on and they sell stuff correctly are just the same five items of clothing over and over again because men aren't allowed to express in society. Like this sucks. <laughs> that sucks. That cheaper. that's. I have to find like weird bootleg stuff and hope that they don't just run with my money and, and they're a real store or I buy it stuff yeah. at Macy's and I look like a golfer. <laughs> those are the only <laughs> options. It sucks. <laughs> I hate it so much. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of uh, it. You have to also find like men's specialty stores The when you get to stuff that's like hyper focused only on men, you'll find a lot more variety um, yeah. when it's trying to appeal to both men and women or specifically appealing to all ages of men or all ages of boys to men, then things yeah, get really yeah, ugly. Then it's so yeah. like so funneled down to like the bare minimum shit. Every shirt might as well just have like a cup of beer on it, be colored blue with white text. This is America. Like it's like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah I want. I want the other thing, hate fun. That's why we all drive great cars. I mean, the no, other thing that, that, that we're not talking about. Take turns. <laughs> is good, good clothing. Like, if you want good clothing that isn't that patchwork, especially online, like the this is That's just dope. how it is. It's fucking expensive. <laughs> Clothing is I need to be fucking expensive. Yeah. Uh, Keith, don't say that. Don't say that. Because because then you're going to get people who submit you to Queer Eye because that's something that other people nominate oh. you for. Yeah. <laughs> Your post yeah. office box is on the internet. I need to be the concept uh, of Queer Eye, but not literally Queer Eye. Yes. <laughs> I need I'm Stephanie. Gonna submit I, need, I, need, I need Me Stephanie, and Stephanie to are going to submit you. Yeah.
We'll submit you to Queer Eye and get get them to come in, and you'll have a motivational talk. I just need to go to San Francisco with you and Stephanie, and you just dress me. I kind of want to. I kind of want to have me dress you. Have Andrew dress you. (laughs) I kind of want to see the interaction. Andrew's just gonna give me fucking floral button ups. What I know, I know Andrew's thing. What? Yeah, what's wrong with floral button ups? It's one genre. I already have two button up flamingo shirts. What do you mean? Is one genre? There's a million flowers. There are so many flowers. Dude, you could just you could look different. You could any color you want, any style you want. There's a flower for it. That's I the want best more, thing about I want flowers. more interesting ideas, it. like straight up like different like cut styles and so on. Like I want, I'm not I want a monster. Fun ideas. I own other pieces of clothing. Like I don't I don't just like dress to like get eaten by a herbivore. It's the <laughs> the idea is that there's like if you're gonna have a pattern shirt, why go for something that is like. I don't know a square piece in the center when you can have like a nice pattern around. It's Rest to be nice. eaten by an herbivore. Well, I mean, <laughs> why else would you wear flowers on yourself? What's what's the point? There's no. It's it, it is a nice consistent pattern with multiple uh, options of colors, and people can't judge you. If someone comes and is like, "That's a flower." Yeah, so there's a lot of them outside. You've never seen a flower before. What are you, an idiot? Like you never. Easy. But also, I think it's important that you wear different types of clothes, like button ups and That's t-shirt true. and like tank tops. Like those are and mixing and matching like buttons and tank mm-hmm. tops and blah, 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 blah. Like those are the parts that tend to not go well in most work, stores. Work be in like, a feather a boa. Yeah, but I mean, like it, it's it, the frustrating thing about fashion <laughs> is, is that you have to do a lot of work to put multiple pieces not from the same place or even the same like vicinity oh it's so hard it's and me make out. it work it's it's funny because it's, if anyone could could in this group pull off a feather boa or like a what are they called a uh hawaiian i'm just gonna hawaiian i'm just gonna show up to mff dressed lua? as Milan. oh a lua what are the, get, is that what get, they're called? The the I'm, flower I'm, necklaces. I feel like Alay, I have yeah. seen Alay. you. Alay, thank you. Uh, I feel like Andrew would wear could wear one. Yeah. <laughs> I would wear one in a heartbeat. <laughs> if I, like I would, I would take every single other person's lay off oh, the plane man. from Hawaii if I could. I'd just be like, yeah, just put them, oh, all, like, put them all on me. I'll wear my arm. Andrew my is the most Go. fucking <laughs> tiki luau party backyard <laughs> barbecue guy I've ever fucking met in my Andrew's life. Andrew's extremely Hell tropical. Yeah, it's yeah. I, Andrew, look, Andrew it's turned the... into a tropical barbecue dad the moment he hit thirty. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I gave up. I realized, like, look, there's only so much. Uh, there's only so much I can try to do to fit in. You tried where, like, so hard. You, you like I'm, I'm, this is actually what Andrew's coming out was is that he he lived he lived for thirty yeah. years as a smoking hoodie edge lord with gel in his hair and then yeah. instantly <laughs> went, flipped over into being a tropical barbecue he went dad from Wojak to tropical Ned Flanders he did he did he let his colors fly oh that's fun that's fun it was, it's, at some point like at some point you do have to like concede right i i think there's a lot of i had a lot of frustration in especially traveling abroad and going like "Uh oh i look horrendous like i (laughs) i am absolutely like if someone wanted to if there was a lineup right you have an entire picture say like let's take tokyo you take tokyo take any street in tokyo take a picture of it if you zoomed it in you'd be able to find me i'm the stump the dumb ugly dressed american wearing a sweatshirt and pants like everyone else had good fashion even if they weren't in suits 
they like oh they had like colors and they had like flows and like different stuff nope there's the one guy wearing pants and a sweatshirt and probably a baseball hat and a cigarette in his mouth wow it just just couldn't blend in more huh like awful awful it works in america because everyone's sad and sour but it doesn't work anywhere else everywhere else like enjoys living <laughs> everyone else, else enjoys is, just, everyone here is numb yeah it's just like it, you go outside anywhere else it was like yeah i'm just wearing what i like wearing i like it just looking like this it's like oh i didn't think that was an option i wasn't allowed to do that here that was not the <laughs> that wasn't like the standard operation yeah. so mm-hmm. just it's just more fun that way i don't know plus it's uh, i just made a again, habit of it, like paying more attention to what women wear and i'm just like I don't want that, but I'm also frustrated that you get that. <laughs> like, it's not the specific option. It's the fact that there's so many wildly different types of clothing. And I'm like, that's not, that's just not what we're socialized to do as men. It sucks. <laughs> we don't, that's not even like in the cards. It's because no one tells them they look good when they don't wear crap. I do like, never get just... compliments until I'm online. I, you know what? I get compliments. And then I don't know what to do uh, with them. The I'm worst like, what ways. the fuck? I get compliments on the things I don't want compliments on. Like, I, I I was at like Home Depot once and someone gave me a compliment on my mustache. I was like, I don't I don't yeah. want that. I, I when I, I had a mustache and literally... yeah, when I literally dress like Ned Flanders, people are like, You look so handsome. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, okay, well, yeah. great. I'm my mom t- once I'm... told me I looked like Tom Selleck, and I was like, okay, mom, <laughs> please don't speak to me ever again. I kept getting compared She's to like, Salvador so Dali, and I didn't Thank know you. what to do to that. Yeah, like what? There was what a you, certain like, Dali, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I not to not to sound um unfair, but it's really crap that women are allowed to get like one word compliments and men have like compliments mm-hmm. on the dumbest shit. Like it's always an explanation about why it's justified to compliment you. I don't want that. Don't tell me that. The more the more you specify on what the compliment is, the worse it gets for me. Just be like, hey, looks good. I don't care what it is. Thanks. I appreciate it. But when you're like, hey, this specific thing about you looks good. No, don't do that. Don't. Because now I now I'm gonna have an entire problem about this. Why? Why that specific thing? That was the only thing about me. That was it. Great. Cool. Fantastic. Love it. <laughs> Like, I'm so oh, self-conscious about what that. What nice no, it's just, eyebrows? Yeah, exactly. Like, if you say, like, yeah, you have nice eyebrows. Someone, the first thing someone goes and does is, why? Why the hell? I, all, I'm all the so things, bad with everything. Like, I, I just, don't know if you... It just it just feels like, to me, when you, when you specify a specific thing you're complimenting someone on, unless it's something that they want to be, right? If someone's like, <laughs> how's my hair? And you're like, yeah, your hair looks great. You have a good haircut. Like, unless they're specifying about the the topic they want to compliment on just give general overarching compliments because traumatic like, flashback to high school when someone just shouted across the the lunch table at me about my teeth and i was like what the fuck am i supposed to yeah. do with this what, do you do with what the that? fuck did you say to me that's, that's <laughs> aggressive <laughs> yeah it was that, so startling i'm like i was so specific and i don't know what to do with the, what the fuck do you that's say what it feels me? like but wow. but right if if you're just like looking good keith you've just been like okay well i'll just take that all right fine that's but, never but, happened well yeah but if it did that's the point <laughs> but if it did you would remember that or sorry you would take that in but you wouldn't need to remember it so specifically like when someone compliments you on a specific item when someone does that then you retains in your brain like why why did they do that you can't just take the compliment because it's too odd you need to create a compliment that is easy to take, easy to swallow. If, it, if I have to chew my compliment, I don't want it anymore. 
and spit it out. You don't have to Give chew. Me. You might you just degust it for a little bit, and then when, when when someone says "nice mustache," my first reaction is I'm going home and shaving this. My second reaction is what specifically was it? The style, the thickness, the color, the patchiness? Like, is it? <laughs> Like there's so many things to interrogate about a piece of facial hair that means absolutely nothing to me. Whereas like I didn't think about my facial hair. I let it grow. I did nothing to it. Maybe I trimmed it to not like get in the way, but it is not a this isn't going to to change. Um, didn't trim it to not get in the way. But clothes I take specific care about or like all together packages right it's hair clothes the shoes all that stuff so when it's one singular nice compliment great but when it's hyper focused it's like why that why people just people know. commenting on my physical appearance is so rare that i'm always just completely unprepared for the comment and don't know what to say good or bad like i had a really bad interaction thanks. with my uh yeah thanks that's what just, i said i had a bad yeah. interaction at work where uh <laughs> It's like a, it's a double whammy of like several things. It's like I, uh, one is that I was at, I was working at my cubicle job at the waterboard. So like I would see someone like once a week, like <laughs> almost, ne- almost never did I actually interact with another person. I just came in, worked all day and then left. Uh, and, but my boss was technically like one cubicle over. It's just, we didn't interact, but every now and then he would walk over for some reason or other. And in this case, he walked over. And I'm inherently just startled by him arriving because I interact with so few people that just the sudden engagement of social interaction was genuinely startling. Uh, And he's just like, growing out the beard, huh? And then I just stared at him, dumbfounded, processing what he was saying. And and then after a moment, he's just like, oh, you didn't like that. And he said that out loud. And I'm like, immediately, I'm like, what face did I make? What did... What was that interaction like from his perspective? I don't know what I what I did or what how I reacted visibly because I was just so confused by the like the, the observation, like almost like on some level I might have been pro- trying to process it as being like something work related or in any way like a request or like anything I'd expect him to say. So I'm already confused by him commenting on my appearance. I'm confused by the sudden where I'm just suddenly talking after hours of, of silence. Uh, I just did not react in time. I failed the QTE socially in real life. I did not pass the Turing test. And uh, as a result, like I, and I, I think back and I'm like, right. It's because like I, I was working full time as a YouTuber and a, and, and as a waterboard spreadsheet monkey. Uh, so I was just waking up, uh, going to work, working all day going home sometimes going home during my lunch break just to like do the thumbnails and stuff for my videos that i had set to upload before i left for work then going back Mm -hmm. to work uh getting home from work eating like a microwaved three minute fried rice bag and then just working all night recording and then uh then editing and rendering those videos overnight and then waking up in the morning to upload them just looping and looping and like I probably just hadn't shaved in like a week, just falling apart physically. And so I was just like a mess. And it was repeatedly me failing as a person is interpreted as a choice (laughs) and like, um, like a, a, a statement with my appearance. And I'm like, I don't even know what I look like right now. Oh fuck. Oh fuck. 
And this is why we have HR departments to solve problems like these. <laughs> no, the, the HR departments are there to protect the boss. Yeah. That was it just could a, be. <laughs> just a dumb repeating thing that's happened. Anyway, my... Uh, question one seems really interesting. <laughs> I never answered the question. <laughs> what was the... Oh, oh yeah, I guess you sure. didn't. Well, no. I mean, you answered it in a fucking three-hour-long video essay. Yeah, well, there's context. <laughs> yeah, wait a second. But yeah, like growing, you go, if, you can go. if you don't have any gender stuff to figure out, and you're not anywhere on the ace spectrum, then figuring out you're gay is not that complicated, because <laughs> basically you watch modern media, and you're like, why is this woman being filmed this way? I don't understand what's going on. Why is it? Why do they keep doing this? And then you get really distracted by a dude at some point, and you understand on some level why the fuck other media acts the way it does with women you're like oh hang on a minute <laughs> there's something to this and that is called furry art <laughs> that is the entire genre of here's people that are actually interested in the in these body types and characters in a way that mainstream means the mainstream media doesn't want you to see and so oh on God. as far as my coming out goes uh <clears throat> i made it i i chose the weirdest possible route to coming out that you could and i don't recommend it there's a lot of very confusing ways to process it because one my coming out video hit a million views like this month so the my my b stars media analysis disguised as a coming out video or no the other way around that's what that sentence means uh and uh that's a lot in its own way the way the different people react to that but also means that like my coming out is the single loudest moment in my entire life, which is not necessarily off limits for most people anyway. But in this case, it's for wildly different reasons than normal. It's just like a it's it's absurd how big that thing is. But there's also that strange dynamic where when you're a YouTuber, it doesn't matter if you have a successful video. Normal people in real life in your world don't care about it. So like, mm -hmm. The number of times I have been in conversations about my video essay channel is very high, like with like with with extended like family and so on, like over and over again, it comes up, up as like the interesting thing that I do as a conversation piece. Like it, it's always brought up. People always introduce me as the person that does that stuff preemptively. And then I kind of like waffle through the conversation like, oh, yeah, it's this stuff. And I, I'm trying to like gauge how to talk about it in terms of like without boring people with details that are too insider baseball or like trying to even understand what they think words mean in this subject and so on. And like, I've had this awkward conversation a hundred times and not once as anybody ever then like come back having watched any of my videos and had anything to say about them because they will never watch these videos. <laughs> like it's a bizarre yeah. thing where it's brought up as the most interesting thing about me. And it's my entire identity, even though I'm not the one introducing it in, in the conversations, but not, the people that bring it up all the time and the people that they bring it up to will never look. <laughs> so in a bizarre th way, me having this very loud coming out that, that I'm now known for, does not mean that it led to me coming out to anyone in the real world in any way, which is strange. And so I've had to navigate the weirdness of that. And it's the first time I've ever regretted deleting my Facebook account because at some point I've just 
I've had moments where I just wish I could just rip off the band-aid and just like put out a post for everyone I haven't talked to yet and just get it out there and then everyone can fucking gossip about it or whatever and I can just it can be out there and I, I, the the all the middle-aged women that will share the story to make sure that everyone else has heard about it because it's the interesting thing that happened this week will do my job for me but I don't have Facebook because it's a horrible place and it kept leading to we, like these all these shitty arguments with like these like older family friends and stuff where it's like they act one way in person and seem so nice and then they're like vicious on Facebook because they'd never learned how to like conduct themselves so they're in like early internet brain period where they, they where they just are vicious to semi-anonymous people even though they're literally the named the people you know uh so i was i was out of that so as a result i've had to have this bizarre experience where i live nowhere near most of my extended family uh and so uh I don't I'm not on social media in the way that that they are and I'm not, and I don't live with any of them anymore and I see them very occasionally and a disproportionate number of times I have seen these people someone is getting married or someone is dying so wow you really you really realize the process sometimes of like oh fuck coming out like when you're no longer living the small town life or anything like that like you have to do it over and over again with individual people again and again or it'll just never like happen and eh. and it's a bizarre conversation of like kind of like making yourself the centerpiece and becoming the attention grabbing person on some level so like it's very hard to like know when it's appropriate to make that the topic and it's also like there's no segue into that subject it will always be like a weird out of nowhere revelation and then the person you're talking to almost feels like they've been tested to like react correctly to the thing you've said that you've dumped on them out of nowhere because there's no like way to reveal it there's no way to warm up to the topic so basically the whole it's it just became a new thing for me to be anxious about and that's been fun uh i've had one fun christmas where someone that knew i was out drunkenly outed me to someone i hadn't outed myself to and then it became like an emotional an emotionally guilting thing where like why didn't you tell me sooner both in the terms of like my coming out itself like why didn't you come out sooner in general like 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 that's a judgment of them specifically and the element of like why didn't you come out to me specifically after coming out sooner than this and it's like well i don't fucking see any of you and i don't want to text everyone this but maybe i should have and it's weird no. coming out coming out's no, weird that, it's it's that's a weirdly no, selfish no. thing it's not necessary no. to know <laughs> It's a it's a weird it's a weird fucked up thing where the etiquette's not clear and it's not been sure there's no clear ways to communicate some of this stuff and everyone does it differently and I don't know I don't I don't feel like I do checkups with my straight friends I don't go like hey you guys you guys still you guys still straight yeah <laughs> <laughs> like you none of you better have been gay and not told me about it I'm gonna be so upset you know I'm I, mad I'm I had the be, opposite like... <laughs> I had the opposite of that where I went back to my hometown. Uh, and like ran into a friend of mine at the, uh, I say friend, more of an acquaintance of mine in the grocery store. Not someone I would like really hang out with after high school, but just like someone I was like, oh, hey, interesting. Nice seeing you. And he was like, yeah, are you still gay? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> thanks. You got asking. checked it on. Like, cool, cool. <laughs> I was like, all right. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Nice to see you, dude. Catch you I later. Knew I knew he would still be. <laughs> it's 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 just it's yeah, such a it was, universal problem where everyone's a toaster sexual. 
<laughs> I was just like, whatever, you know, it's fine. It's, who are cares? You still... I just, uh, <laughs> yeah, it happens. Fucking, are you fucking... still gay? Yeah, I was gonna say, fucking <laughs> portal turret. Are you still gay? <laughs> it was just locked. funny because it was like not. It was thrown out with just the 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 most mundane. Because we were like standing yeah, in the aisle exactly. like near the pop tarts. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, hey, how you doing? He's like, oh, I'm good. I was like, oh, are you still with Karina? You know, whatever. And he's like, oh, no, no, we broke up years ago. You know, <laughs> oh, yeah, like went through basic training. Things were great. And I was like, oh, that's so nice to hear. Well, it was really nice seeing you. And he's like, yeah, how about you? You still gay? <laughs> yep. That's, <laughs> that's great, dude. Hope you have a great day. Thanks, man. Catch you later. Great gay day. <laughs> This is very odd, very odd conversation. He was, he's never, he never gave me shit about it, not even in high school. Like, it wasn't like a bad thing. It was just, he's not, he's not he bigoted. Just, he's I, just phrased. Yeah. He would check up. Just tr <laughs> truly had no idea what to say. It was one of those moments of a like, yep, I, I have now absolved myself of the need to ever say hello to you again because it's clear I did not make that much of an impression on you <laughs> as a friend. That's fine. Cool. Good to write that off. Have a great life. It's also, I think that's um, also the sort of things that it, you, you lose sleep over. I said that. Oh my gosh. Is it? Oh yeah, for sure. If I had <laughs> some people, you, definitely. Anybody, I would, I it's a bit, see. it's a bit, it's a bit higher than being like, yeah, uh, good, like, have a nice meal. You too. It's like, are you still gay? Yeah. <laughs> It's like quite a fucking, lot. I just like, like the way I it's love just like, that it's his like... brain fucking prices righted, scrolled the wheel through every possible question it could have hit, and it just landed yeah. on missed forty five blank spaces and landed on Are you still gay? Yeah, it's like, like yeah. just like a it's like autopilot through like a well worn like sentence structure of just being like, Oh yeah, you're still working at the mechanic shop. Oh yeah, no, no, I got fired a couple years ago. You still gay? Oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, the mechanic shop yeah, took it's it just, from me. I, I it just can't help it. package. It's just, it's just the loudest. It's all I think about when I look at you. It's just the loudest thing. It's just the the gay one. <laughs> you could, I mean, comes yeah, right out. To be like the most generous, you could say, "What if, uh, like, what if they weren't sure?" But it's still yeah. like a weird. I don't know. Yeah. What's the necessity in knowing? Are you yeah. like what? What's yeah. your intention for asking? You know, that's my first question with any question. What? Why? I think why he truly was there? just trying to get through the conversation. You know, oh, yeah. like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. nice person. Speaking would be kind. And then his brain just stopped. You know, like yeah, it's like it's the tone of voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just it's just the tone, but it's the the idea of like. <laughs> Why? Why are they asking? Do they care? No. Okay. <laughs> like this is just yeah. a bad question. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I am. See you, bud. <laughs> like it's just the, just dumb. I love that. All right. Uh, it's time for, for, for question one. Can we fit question <gasps> one in? Question, question one. one. Question. Life without the internet. Hi, Andrew, uh -oh. Keith, uh -oh. and Colonel RPG. Uh -oh. <laughs> And hey. no one else. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Life without the internet, comma. Hi, Andrew. As if it's, yeah. it's just addressed to him is extraordinarily <laughs> funny. I When I first heard my name first, I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, no. uh, it says Keith, Andrew, and Colonel. I misread it. 
And I okay. just corrected. Okay. I self-corrected. Good, good, good. But I was going to, nothing should start was, with my name first. It was going to be, it was going to be completely like. frictionless until we stopped on it for a minute. <laughs> Very I'm a funny. child of the internet age. And I sometimes wonder if I had been born a hundred years ago, what would my life be like? I can't imagine Sad. having a job or a social life without the internet or 200 years. So 200 years ago, we've, we've, we've raised the stakes now. Uh, would oh, I have God. been a, a scholar reading and writing no. books all day? I don't know. What do you three think? No, you'd be a you surf, three, probably. Only you three. Really, really. <laughs> what, what, what about 100 years in the future, Philip? Uh, so, so, okay. So 100 years in the past, you would have been probably in war of some kind. Uh, yeah. Probably didn't live past 25, maybe. Uh, 100 years in the future, same thing. You're probably going to be conscripted into a war, probably won't live past 25. So... I would yeah. say right now is the most important time of your life. The present is the best you're going to get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I have, I have, no, I have no, horrible no, no, news no, no, no. about what happened about five years ago, a hundred years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's tough to look past, right? The internet age is both the most uh, amazing, but also the worst possible time to ever exist. So you're uh, you're you much, see... you used to be much more likely yeah. to work in like a mill or textiles or <laughs> yeah. some kind of factory a- with bad safety standards and you develop health problems from a thing that you didn't know to worry about till afterwards or maybe don't even understand while it's killing you yes yeah most likely would, most likely not knowing it's killing you I would be a sculpturer or a statue. Do you get a choice in that? I don't don't know how well you can opt into being a sculptor I feel like there's a very large material cost going up front (laughs) <laughs> no, no, it's it's easy because you just need to take a, uh, an apprenticeship. You know, when you're like nine, and then you, who do you uh, know that's going to offer you an apprenticeship? It's all about who you a, know. Uh, yeah, because I live in a family of of sculptors or, or whatever the word is. Yeah, yeah. sculptors. Well, yes, that's. Oh, I mean, if you're his, okay, if your family history are sculptors, yeah, yeah, I'm my own okay. grandpa. Yeah, yeah, if I'm my own grandpa, that's that's what I would. I would be my grandpa's dad though, because a hundred years. Yeah, but still the. Yeah, that's what I would Well, I have be. bad and news because my grandpa went to war. <laughs> yeah, a hundred years ago, I would be screwed because like half my family's Irish, which means I would have got treated like shit here. And the other half are Native Americans, which I would have got treated like shit here. So <laughs> I'm really glad I wasn't <laughs> born a hundred years ago uh, in the future. That's... I don't know. I'll, I'll be... yeah, I don't know what the future is going to be, but we're probably going to all yeah. be dead anyway. So I mean, a hundred. Well, I'll be dead. No, will I be dead in a hundred years? Maybe. I don't know. It depends. We'll see how things go. But the uh, I would assume that it's probably gonna be like Batman Beyond. I'm hoping that 100 years in the future. Finally, yeah. No, it's gonna be Mad Max. It's gonna be Mad Max. Batman no, Beyond. no, man, that's Batman so Beyond boring. had furry Mad- gene splicers. <sighs> Mad Max is so boring. It is. The yeah, but they asked last. Ask <laughs> so you know, at least there's that. Yeah, but it's just so I think, loud and hot all I the think time. About, yeah, I think mean, about that whenever people are like, wow, I thought this was an NSFW channel or an SFW channel when I break out like a harness or something. And I'm like, Mad Max has like gimp suits in it. <laughs> <laughs> and they're naked in it. Like they're it's not they're not wearing a it's like you're wearing a gimp suit underneath something. They're not doing that. <laughs> they're just I don't straight remember up there being many schlongs in Mad Max. I well, don't I think mean, so. I don't know. They didn't have any schlongs, but they were like... You, I've only it, seen screenshots it, of the first three movies. I've never watched them. They're essentially just... I mean, they're wearing like a cup. Obviously. Oh, you've never watched like the first three movies? Oh, interesting. No. 
They're good. Mad Max is a good series. I vaguely absorbed Mad Max through cultural osmosis, and then I watched the Fury Road movie, which was great. I watched. I watched it like three times. It was. It was. I think it is probably the best of them. But the uh, the old ones are very interesting. They're very watchable, but also interesting as cultural touchstones, as it were. There's a lot of references in a lot of media. Yeah, they're not the height of cinema, unfortunately. But then what again, do you mean? How are they not the damn. height of cinema? Isn't there Mad a guy Mad? that drives around inside of like a cage with a motorcycle? And he has like mm. a chain whip or something? Yes, this is the second. The, yeah. the end of the second movie. Max How is Belmont. that not peak cinema? Like, what? who does that better? Yeah, I don't think that's in Citizen Kane. So, I mean... <laughs> Citizen Kane just has a jump scare. Alien yeah, is that's the, not... FNAF has jump one. scares. It's not... No, that's yeah, same, same genre. <laughs> Same you either have Hitchcock's the thing, or <laughs> In both of them you get jump scared by a chicken. <laughs> Naf is Citizen like, Kane. I, it's the I Citizen like the Kane idea. of mascot. <laughs> I like the idea of that. That's the two the the two ticket um, uh, cinema here. You go. For, I'm just saying that in the Ao3 tags that <laughs> will bring up both. <laughs> chicken jump scare. Probably, I guess. <laughs> Stupid conversation. I've also <laughs> never seen Citizen Kane. I neither have I. Citizen Kane's a good movie. What about you, Toaster? Where are you going to be in a hundred years? Um, in a hundred years, I will be an immortal vampire, and I will be hey, masquerading as a cool goth guy. And that's what that's what I that's think. Not, and I'll, I'll be, gonna it will be the plot vampires. of every vampire novel uh, novel Nerval. ever. <laughs> um. <laughs> Nervil. Sorry, I was reaching for something and my my just sometimes the sounds come out. Um <laughs> I think the spirit of this question is like, what was life like before the internet for people who are like me, terminally yeah, online but they gamers? Said 100 years <laughs> and not yes, yeah. 40. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh so believe it or not, I don't think any of us in this call existed before the internet did. No, um, but we grew because up because the internet's the internet been around for a did while. Did not exist in the similar yes. form. I, yeah, I grew yeah. up yes. before the and commercialized uh, uh, yes. appropriation Same. of the internet. Like I'm aware so of the fact that I when have... I was growing up, there's people who were extremely online and that version of the internet, and they reference like services and websites that I never used. But for me, the yes. internet was like a, it was like a resource, like like akin yep. to like going to the library. Like to check yeah. on something. That's what the, the internet was. Like I went on the internet to print out a 35 page character unlock guide for Dynasty Warriors 5. Uh, I did not use yep. it to like exist on. <laughs> so it's just a very <laughs> uh, different. When so I, I functionally grew up without the internet in that term. When I was a yeah. kid, my parents didn't understand the jokes in Freakazoid and they were too sure if it was for kids or not because they didn't understand what the internet or computers were <laughs> yeah. like, my uh the thing the thing i was gonna say about this is like my nostalgia for a world before the internet as we know it is like the internet before 2010 and like before the <laughs> facebook explosion and, and the great migration of of old people online because um, mm. that is actually historically when that happened. Basically, like um, the, the mobile uh, adoption of the, the mobile internet. generation. Yeah. Yep, yeah, exactly. I remember and being on so that the, final the way... cusp in the at the end of high school where we we all had Facebook accounts and we were in our, it was where we interacted with each other and very specifically yes. mm-hmm. none of our parents were on it yet. <laughs> yep. 
And uh, the way that I, I think of it is just, and this is the best way to contextualize it, is like when I was young and it, the internet was young, young, quote unquote, compared to how we know it now, like I did use the internet to exist. It was my second life, but it was a second life. It was something that was far away yeah. from the life that we lived. And I went online and I found like that was how I practiced my Japanese. It was like how I was uh, put in front of so many pieces of media that I care about. And like that's how I forge community. I have friends that I literally I got drinks with a friend that I met in fifth grade on the Internet less than six months ago. So like all of my right. oldest friends are from the Internet. Um, but um, but the thing is, is that there used to be a really strong disconnect between the real world and the wired world where you like if you wanted to use the internet it was a destination you went to if you were in the car you could not check twitter if you were you know at school if you didn't have a school issued laptop or you weren't in a computer lab you couldn't read deviant art comments like <gasps> that's how we had to go yeah. places and see things there and it was very much a portal to another place and so similarly drama and discourse and conversations were slower were more comprehensible and did not have the stakes that they have currently so while there certainly were probably unhinged people and crazy people and awful stuff happening in darker corners of the internet it had a much smaller effect on reality and felt much less threatening so oh, yeah. as a result, using the internet was a very nice escape and it allowed us to get um, to form communities and to form friendships and and to have uh, a rest from the world that we currently live in. And I really miss that version of the internet. Um, I really miss forums really specifically. I miss <laughs> yeah. form. I miss I miss going to other websites that aren't just the big four websites everyone uses. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, stuff like that. Uh because it really did feel hobby. like you were walking People into People used to make yeah. a forum instead of making a Facebook group. Yeah. Or a Discord server. And, and I think the Discord and servers boy, are those conversations forums. They work so differently they're, though. Yeah. It's just IRC <laughs> again. So it's just a chat room. But in terms of, I think in terms of and the community, the 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 Discord yeah. servers are are very much a, a replacement of that feeling. They're okay. closer to I, it. Yeah. Yeah. It's I like there there's definitely when he makes threads at least. I, I don't know how to describe yeah. this, but there is yeah. there is a little bit of joy that comes in not immediately getting a response. Sometimes it's yeah. nice. Oh, completely. Just say a thing, walk oh, yeah. away, come back in like a couple of hours and it, be like, oh, no, 15 people replied. Crack your knuckles, put down some tea. Well, I'm going to see how wrong these idiots are and just go through it. <laughs> yeah. But now it's so... Di- no, like seriously, it, but it's so it's difficult true, yeah. to do that. You say one thing on Discord and you come back in two hours. They're talking about peanuts and outer space. What's going on here? It doesn't yeah. replace it's also just that, like, forum. the immediacy freaks me out. Like, I, yeah, like Toaster talked earlier about uh, coming out to his mom and her leaving on, him on red for six hours. That I hate the phrase leave on red. I hate the idea that anyone mm-hmm. can tell if I read a message yet on any platform ever and like yeah. judge me for how long I take to respond. And I need to think about that actively in the process of engaging. The number of times I leave like notifications on my phone because I don't want to like actually open the app because that'll in some way communicate that i'm like avoiding answering the question when i'm just like i'm just Mm. bad at answering things i need to think about it or work through my dumb brain to figure out how to respond 
I've I don't think it's out. I've been cussed for... out by furries on Telegram because they found me, started trying to RP with me, and I just kind of stared at it dumbfounded. And then they called me an asshole for leaving them on red. And I'm like, I don't know who you are. What is this? Set? What is you this can... demand for this immediacy? Is why, we should... why do you expect me to talk to you immediately? Yeah. Who are you? Yeah. We should all agree to just turn off red receipts. Like that's yeah. that should be a thing that we should opt into instead of being default on. <laughs> I do but, not default um, that on in any system. I don't, I don't know how to yeah. control it. I keep trying to figure but, out how to turn um, on each platform to see if people even can because it's it's the worst feature. It's it's fucked up to be monitored for whether or not you're like I've, I'm invisible on Discord now because I don't want people to know if I'm online and available to their messages because then they're gonna like wonder. I, I have to I think would, about them perceiving how long I'm not responding to their messages and stuff. To me, that that answers a question already, which is it's not it's not important. Like a real yeah. a, a healthy. Uh, a healthy individual does not need immediate response unless the situation calls for it, right? If you tell your mom, I broke my leg, can you bring my insurance card? That might me need more expediency yeah. than, hey, how's it going? Yeah. You know what? Yeah. I'll tell you when it goes. Like, <laughs> it's just, yeah. it's, a, it's two days there's, later. There's, hey. People have forgotten that there is, there, not, there is not an answer to everything immediately. Like, you can just, yep. sometimes you just take time to get back sometimes people are busy you know what i'll be i'll be honest with you sometimes i don't want to talk to people when i'm taking a shit sometimes i want to wait sit yeah. down and think about it yeah like it's just yeah it is truly it is. wild well, how much internet, things have transformed though internet. since like high school like it's a yeah, huge yeah. like yeah. people i don't know if people fully process the difference if they grew up past this of like like i didn't have a cell phone in high school and then at the end of well, and then it, at I the did. end of high school, I got a cell phone that just was a cell phone. Like it had the numbers, mm -hmm. and so you could type text messages by pressing one number over and over again to cycle through all of the letters that were that were on that number. Nice. And it took like ten minutes to type anything at anybody, and that's why people hyper abbreviated like shit and everything. And like Infotech, the class where you learned like touch <laughs> typing and PowerPoint. Okay, had like an innate, it had like an innate appeal to it because of the fact that you could like get access to a computer for an hour and play RuneScape and stuff like that because we yeah. didn't have like multitasking distractions in school like there mm -hmm. wasn't like stuff you could do besides like drawing in your notebook which yeah. is why you see so many people yeah. draw in their notebook and movies and so on like specifically is because like you did not have a cell phone you could not check telegram yeah. or twitter or facebook or reddit you were not getting fed memes deep fried markiplier e you couldn't play a game you couldn't open gotcha under your desk whoa, whoa, you couldn't whoa. text people school all the time that's Calm the thing is you, would, you you had to sneak in you had to sneak an entire mini video game console in with you and try to play that yep. much more cumbersome yeah. device that probably opened up or something and glowed and so on uh yep. and hope that no one tried to steal it or break it while you were in school all day because you'd be yeah you'd potentially be known as the person who's always bringing a psp to school and like playing it at lunch and so on and, and like because like the idea of having a psp which costs a fraction of as much as a cell phone uh was a crazy thing to just like a this big expensive chunky piece of technology that you're holding in your hands openly in public felt oddly risky as opposed to like modern society where literally everybody has a cell phone all the time and you also you're in just, school kids yeah. are 
kids are kids like <laughs> yeah yeah i used to go to the to the cisco class during lunch sometimes because you could yeah. fuck around on the computers a bit and that was not something you could normally do yeah, yeah. i think as well really like this is this is something that like isn't really talked about with this but like when we were in school knowing how to use a computer at all was like a hack like it would truly yeah. gave us superpowers because yeah. using that example of like that infotech class, like I had a computer class as well. We literally just you called felt, it computer you lab. You felt like but, the 1% just for being able to access fucking Microsoft pinball. <laughs> exactly. Or like, you know, I would do typing class and everyone else would go through this session and it would take them all 45 minutes of the class or whatever. And I would be done with it in two seconds because I already knew how to touch type by the time I was in school. Yep. And then yep. would spend the rest of the time like playing runescape or like plugging in a flash drive or a floppy drive that i had a fucking emulator on or something and people would come over and they'd be like how are you playing that and i'm like oh i'm using a super nintendo emulator and they're like what so they made like a you like hacked the computer <laughs> to be a super nintendo and i'm like yeah that's what i did buddy like yeah, sure dude. you, you know <laughs> i i'm i'm playing i'm playing seiken densetsu 3 on my fucking computer lab computer because i'm an omega hacker leave me alone or else i'll find naked pictures of you on the internet go away <laughs> that like, you never took like, that's just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like that's just like how it worked. Like that is that was what it was. Whereas nowadays, I've I if I was seen, I feel like if I was seen playing a game in a computer class, people would be like, "You don't play Fortnite? You're dumb." It's like, "Okay. Well, all right. Thanks." Like, yeah, I, it's just it was a completely different world. Technology had a barrier of entry and a it a very specific intentional purpose that used to that you used to have to opt into that now you yeah. don't back when um, online just, video games were you hoping to get through a single dungeon of diablo 2 without your dial-up giving out yeah there's yep. so this this speaks to like the problem of both internet as well which is that uh, the phones basically homogenized a lot of other pieces of entertainment into yep. one easy device and that easy device has now become a requirement because it's replaced a bunch of other things that used to be requirements but didn't need to be with you like you didn't need a computer with you at all times and you still actually don't. But obviously, because you do need a form of communication, which is a phone, because those are useful to have uh, combining the two yeah. made it. So like now one of them is never going to leave you. And not only does it not leave you, you now feel like you need to have it at all times. You feel like yeah. you need to have access to the Internet. And like it's it. It's hard to describe because it sounds like an old man talking, uh, but there is truly something important about waiting, about waiting to to do something and focusing on a thing at the time there. Again, mm -hmm. I, I I don't have a problem with, say, like I, I didn't have an issue with like a Nokia phone with a snake or Sudoku or whatever on it. But there is obviously the like. I don't know, you can, with a phone, you can literally just, you can remote play a video, like your computer. You can remotely connect yeah. to your home yeah. PC and be on there and exchange cryptocurrency and then also like play Fortnite or whatever and also be do, like responding to your a text message to a guy in another class. It's just like, there's so much stuff you're doing in one given time. What's, I don't know, like just your, uh, you're not really doing the thing. You're not doing the thing that you're yep. in the moment. You're always doing seven other things simultaneously. And I think that's 
that is the that's the like nostalgia people have is being able to have a time to just sit down and like experience a thing at any given time rather than having to what seems like juggle and micromanage several different things it's exhausting to be like i have to keep up with my friends text messages and i need to scroll tiktok because i don't want to miss out on whatever is viral and i also need to you know like respond or uh need to be able to look up answers to a test that i'm taking right now but also you know like just yeah i don't know man just do one thing just do like i remember i remember back when and this is kind of like a horror of the old internet was just like that just doesn't (laughs) exist anymore is like i would go online specifically to like watch an anime or something or play a game and then you know after my four hours of allotted internet time that i had available uh, before I had to get off the computer, I would minimize what I was doing and then be back to 45 messages from people and my only response. <laughs> and this was something that everyone responded, everyone intrinsically understood was like, sorry, I was full screened. Like, that's just not a concept that exists anymore because we have yeah. Discord on our phones and 27 monitors and like, yeah. nope, but sorry, I had a, I had a 12 inch yeah. fucking CRT on my desk four or three. If I wanted to watch an anime, I hit the full screen button and couldn't see yeah. my taskbar. And yeah, I, if, if I, I all tabbed out of it, it would break everything. Like that yeah, just is what it see, is. If I can't see the flashing icon in the taskbar, it's gone. It doesn't exist. Yeah. Like there's exactly. no other way you're getting to me. And yeah, and I'm not watching, I'm not going to watch anime with the stupid windows bar at the bottom. Screw you. Like I barely have enough room as it is. I'm getting all of it. You only (laughs) put up with watching anime with the please register this windows account in the bottom corner for like three years. (laughs) (laughs) I remember being at your house constantly being like, is that going to be in the recording? (laughs) Every single game we... For like years, everything we did on Sad Games had the fucking uh, please register this copy of Windows in the corner of the screen the whole time. And I would just have to double check whether or not it was going to show up in the recording. Well, they didn't take it away from me, so I'm going to keep doing it. (laughs) (laughs) It's so annoying. But like, see, there's like there uh, as time goes by, there are fun little things that can only transpire. And it's okay to like lose some some of those things. It's fine that we've uh <laughs> we've uh, essentially made th- certain things not as commonplace anymore but i think there's uh but i think it's like really important to understand that it's not there's also not a, a sense that it was a, absolutely better it was kind of crappy that like trying to trying to interact with a community might be more difficult because you need to find that community you need to like yeah. literally take an adventure to go do something yeah. so basic and that sucked it really sucked trying to find something uh, like yep. a community or just stumbling into communities and not knowing. Like I, like I, I think I had talked about this like way long ago in a, a heart attack for Keith is like, I stumbled into Fricadia like as a child, I just on accident. <laughs> yeah, sort of God, Andrew, it's Fricadia. Like Arcadia. Oh, yeah, I'm calling it that forever. Good luck. <laughs> if they want to change it, they can fight me. The, the they um, want to change it. <laughs> those kinds of things are like that those are both uh at the at, in, in the same time both the best and the worst parts of old internet nothing was more fun than like someone telling you on the playground or you overhearing someone talk about something and going like all right i'll, I'll go check that out what does that mean and you go and look and you try to engage and you don't know what the hell's going on but you're enamored it's some new thing you found in the corner of the world you're going to like almost yeah. weirdly hyper focus on it for a little bit, see what it is and 
interrogated. And sometimes people walk away like that community top tier. And some people go like, oh my God, I'm never going to come back here. And it's just, it. those are things that are so difficult to do now when everything is so consolidated to one specific platform or one, you know, like one specific device, right? You just, you lose out on so many unique little experiences you get when things are separated and everyone has to have their own paths through life rather than a very yeah. streamlined and efficient way through it. You know, it's just, I don't know, it's, it is hard to describe the, the, the pains and sufferings one might go through when everyone has to also walk through the same broken glass. Like, yeah, if we're all, <laughs> you know, if we're all going through Twitter, we all understand that Twitter sucks. It's not a, it's not a difficult conclusion. But when you say like, hey, do any of you hate Gaia online? Like suddenly that, <laughs> that's going to spark some neurons in a certain amount of people, but other people are going to be like, what the hell does that mean? Like, you know, like there's yeah. just, those are the, those are the parts I miss. I miss those little things where someone can say something like, oh, I know what the hell that is. I know what that guy's talking about. Like, it's just, I don't know. It Knowing everything is not great. I feel like the guy, from yeah. <laughs> Mr. Manhattan sitting on Mars, crying nakedly <laughs> on a rock. Like, I'm tired of <laughs> yeah. it, man. I'm tired of knowing yeah. everything. <laughs> yeah. Is that our show for the week? I think so. That's three questions. I, I would be, I would say pretty congratulations to us. Is it four? I thought it was three. Because we, we answered our own question at the beginning. Oh, okay. Okay. What? Good for us. Wait, we what? created our what own problem and solved it. Oh. <laughs> what do you I want to go, I wanna go off on a recommendation. Question. Oh, okay. I want to go off on a recommendation that's really easy and really quick. Uh, if you all watched Pluto on Netflix by Urasawa Naoki, uh, it is it was pretty good. If you want to watch another show by him that is also really good, go watch Monster. It's very very good. Mm -hmm. Watch it. You it's like a good Monster? anime. It's on oh. Netflix. Go watch it. Is Monster um, on Netflix? Monsters on Netflix now. Yeah, um, it is also on the Internet Archive in better quality. Oh, so don't maybe also <laughs> with Monster. Do not Why apply the quality? three episode rule. Do not do that. You need to. Yes. You just you need to get through it. Do not like it's going to suck through half it's of just, it. It's going to suck because it's it. a it's a series that that just keeps boiling. You got to go yeah. through it. Like three episodes. I don't know how. To, I don't know how to explain no, this. I'm like, it's fifty something episodes. I watched like half of it. Then, it's so. seventy four episodes. Um, yeah, it's, but, it's long. Yeah. It's oh. Long. I have I have seen it all before, but I have been rewatching it, and it is so nice is to brainy. watch an anime. It is, it is, it is brainy, good. and I I didn't yeah. get half of it. Just oh, it's just so let good. it it's so just let it cook. That's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah. Let monster cook. It's fine. But what is I knew I was going to talk about it, and Andrew was going to say, like, yeah, hell yeah, because Monster <laughs> is very, just, it's one of it's the classics. Good. It's great. It's so good. <laughs> what is I, also, I also did jump into it, being like, I watched three episodes, like, I'm not watching this shit, this is garbage, and then I walked away for, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, years, yeah. and then came back, I was like, oh, I was wrong. I was no. so wrong. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. It is the the basic pitch of Monster is that it is it is for all intents and purposes a slow paced live action drama about a doctor who saves a young boy um, in his childhood uh, through an operation and then the boy grows up to become a serial killer. Um, but it is it, it's very interesting God, and even though it is anime, 
it is not very anime. It is like no, watching a you know yeah. an HBO show or a live action like a prestige live action drama. Yes, it just happens yeah. to be animated, um, and it it is just very excellent. It is highly worth watching. Oh God, it just does just have seventy four episodes all listed as yes. one season. <laughs> yeah. Yep. No, no, every, it's that's that, every that single is thumbnail thing. is a is a middle distance sort of close up of a person just <laughs> staring at the screen. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, like, it's literally it's like yeah, the same yeah, thumbnail I'm, for 74 episodes. Yeah, it is mostly a show about people talking to each other, which it's is like, just it's so like, wonderful. It's like if YouTube generated thumbnails of Star Trek Next Generation <laughs> and it would just be <laughs> yes, the same yeah. thumbnail every time. It's incredible. Uh, it's highly good it though. Is. And if you want to if you want to read a manga by the same author that's also really good, one of my favorite manga of all time is Urasawa Naoki's Billy Bat, which is basically a story about what if Mickey Mouse uh, happened to maybe be a iconic symbol that existed throughout all of history and what the conspiracy behind that actually means. That's a fucking great manga, too. That's the legend of the three circles. <laughs> yeah. Just all yeah, no, history. I, I mean, like it comes to like, like all these art. cultures coming up with dragons independently, but they all came up with Mickey Mouse. Yes, literally. Yes. That yeah. is it. But what if that was a conspiracy? <laughs> is the plot of Billy Bat, and it is so good. Billy Bat. Uh, yeah, read yeah. Billy Bat to learn how Mickey Mouse is responsible for the murder of JFK. That's been our show, everyone. <laughs> Bye. That's insane. I need more absurd shows. I need. I need more time consume welcome to anime we've got we a lot of it what the fuck is captain laserhawk and why does it have random